Welcome to The Prosper Project, the show that helps entrepreneurs build brands that impact the world and the bottom line. We know that success doesn't come in a one-size-fits-all package. That's why we're bringing you adaptable marketing strategies along with valuable insights from inspiring changemakers, firebrands, and visionaries. I'm Lorraine Sugart, founder of the disruptive brand agency, Prosper for Purpose. Now for this week's episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode. Today, my guest is Midori Verity, and Midori is the CEO of Fuel to Fire Accountability Group for Entrepreneurs. And I just love that name, Fuel to Fire. Because you think about a fire and if you're adding fuel to it, it just burns and gets bigger and bigger. So we're going to dig into that a little bit. But Mijori started her first company right after college and it quickly grew. So she was an early entrepreneur. She created systems that allowed her to move out of the day-to-day and into an advisory role so she could pursue other business ventures. So that alone just really makes me feel like there's going to be so much for us to talk about because you did, in naturally, it sounds like, what a lot of us really struggle to do. So welcome, Midori, to the Prosper Project. How are you today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me here with you. Yeah, it's so good to have you. And before we, you know, present you as this total superwoman with no vulnerabilities, you are very upfront that you've experienced your own ups and downs in entrepreneurship. And you've had some difficult depression that can come along with entrepreneurship. And you've really kind of I don't know if pushed through it is the right term, but you've overcome it to become unstoppable. And you now own several businesses. You have all this experience that started right after college, and you're really an expert on what it takes to start, grow, and rapidly scale a business. So can you tell our listeners a little bit about what inspired you and made you feel confident right out of college to start a business? Well, I would start off by saying confidence had nothing to do with it. It was more out of need. When I graduated from college, we actually were in a recession. So there was not a lot of jobs around. And we just happened to know someone who helped us start our first business. When I say our, my husband and myself. And that's what it was. It was just kind of a need of what are we going to do now that we have these bills from college? How are we going to pay for this when we can't get a good job? So that's how it started out of desperation. And then it evolved from there. You did talk about what happens a lot with entrepreneurs is it's not uncommon to go into a depression. So I want to hit on that because that's something that a lot of us don't talk about. And it's so prevalent and it's such a big issue. And so what had happened is we had this business. It did grow fairly, relatively fast compared to many others. And the meantime, I had two kids. We bought some properties. You know, we had expenses and I never had learned how to create systems. 
and how to balance everything. And so many of the things that I've now learned out of need just to survive, but I didn't know how to do that. So quickly, I found that I was overwhelmed. I was stressed out. I was wearing a bazillion hats and that yeah. I felt as though no one else could do it, right? Yeah. Like we're managing, it's only me. I can only do it right. And in the meantime, I was literally losing my mind. Wow. And so fast forward, I had to look for solutions because I did go into a depression pretty deep for about six months. Wow. And, you know, when you're raising kids, you got to find a way. It was kind of that thing. Like, just like when I started the business in the very beginning, I'm like, okay, there has to be a solution and I have to find it. There's no other alternative. And I wasn't talking with anyone. I didn't let anyone know what was going on. It's just this big secret that I had. And so through that process, I learned about setting goals and how to set, you know, how to create the maps for them, how to create systems for your business and how to delegate. And those really are the still to this day, things that I hold on to really tightly for all the businesses that I develop. And it's makes it so much easier and so much more enjoyable. But that's what led me to where I am today. First of all, thank you for your vulnerability and sharing that because so many entrepreneurs look at people like you, like other leaders, and they read your bio and they're just like, wow, I'm never going to be that. I don't know how to figure this stuff out. I don't know, you know, I don't know, right? And they're just wearing all the hats and and really saying that this struggle is normal and real and that burnout and depression happen to entrepreneurs because of trying to do all the things and sometimes other factors as well. I just really appreciate you sharing that. And so it sounds like you were able to kind of self-diagnose that what you really needed to do was have a goal and then kind of reverse engineer the systems and processes to get there. Is that correct? It is. Yeah. And I've refined that whole goal mapping system. So at that point, when I was going through the depression, my goal was to figure out how to solve that, right? And how to, you know, what, what do I need to do? And then what I learned is I can actually create systems and hire people to take over my position so I can get out of my own way and go on to do something that was more fulfilling. So at that point, that was my goal. And then from there, I broke it down. Okay, what do I need? Oh, I need systems. Okay. So then I developed the systems and I need to learn how to hire people and train them. So I developed that. So it was just kind of this framework that came to be and one thing that I got really good at was taking something that was working and creating a model and then refining it mm-hmm. and learning it, you know, what goes into that to make it stronger and so that I can keep using this so that I'm not reinventing the wheel every darn time. And that has been a huge component of helping me grow not only my business, but helping my clients grow their businesses in a structured, formatted way. I love that. And you started the Fuel to Fire community. How long have you had that community going? It's new. We have been in business for less than two years. What a little recording. It's around 19 months. Yeah. So it's a new business. And that's a business that came out of need. 
<laughs> during the pandemic. Yeah. So, oh, okay. So were you working in real life as opposed to virtual life, I guess? Tell me a little bit about the past few years for you and how your business changed. And then we're going to jump right into Fuel the Fire because I think that what you're doing is so compelling. Yeah. So I own a few different businesses and we have one business that was bringing in the most amount of money. It was our primary business and it's an event business serving the Silicon Valley. So imagine what happened during the pandemic when everyone got shut down, all of our clients canceled their events and we couldn't charge them. And so anyway, it was like, okay, now what are we going to do? I've owned businesses for over 25 years. So this is not my first rodeo as far <laughs> as the challenges go, which just kind of goes with it. Right. Well, I've gotten really strategic in when you get punched in the gut and knocked out at the knees, you find ways to look for opportunities. And what I was seeing, because at that point I was working with entrepreneurs, but what I was seeing with them is that they froze. They were scared to death. They didn't know what to do. And they just kind of got stuck. So I'm like, okay, there's something here and I want to be able to help more than just one-on-one. There's so many people who need help. So that was the inspiration for starting Fuel the Fire. The other thing at that point, people were scared to spend money. So I'm like, okay, yeah, what can I do where I can help one to many and do it in an affordable way? That's where all of these things, these components that we've been talking about in this conversation so far came into play. And so I'm like, okay, what are the key components? How can I make this really easy? So we came up with a goal mapping framework. We came up with the accountability pods. So they had a safe place to go and discuss it and stay focused. And then we had mentorship. So those three components are what make up Fuel the Fire. Really simple model, but with tremendous results. So that's kind of the story. That's amazing. So you launched it and enrolled your first cohort or group or whatever. Talk a little bit about like, is it ongoing enrollment or do you have cohorts that stop and start and how long is your program? And I know I'm throwing all these questions at you like fastballs. That's okay. Let's just roll with it. Yeah. So how we work is we work in quarters. We only open the doors at the beginning of every quarter. If you don't get in then, then you have to wait to the following quarters. That way we have synergy and we have our pods very choreographed. So our pods are small. I don't really know too many organizations that do this. So our pods are from six to seven people, entrepreneurs, and we pair them up based on their skill set and what they're looking for. And so that's why we only open it up every quarter. We're very strategic with that. And they go for a minimum of six months. Most of our members stick around because it's not just a start and finish. I don't care what size business you are. I don't care how advanced you are. Having colleagues around that are not part of your business, but are still high level that you can talk to on a weekly basis and discuss what's really going on, talk about the goals that you have, you know, have them act as your board of advisors in a safe place. Mm -hmm. That's a powerful tool to have. And so most of our clients stick around. That's really great. And so someone comes in, they get help kind of setting their goals, putting the systems and processes in place. And then they have weekly meetings with their pod, which are 
you know, people that maybe they're at the same phase of work with, is that correct? And then they can just kind of be there for each other and give advice and also be kind of accountability partners, right? Because we know accountability is so important. It's the key. It's such a big part of it. Think of like when you go to work out, right? If you have a trainer who you're paying to train you, chances are, even if you're tired and you had a really hard day and maybe you have a headache even, you're going to show up. And once you get there, you're going to perform more than you thought. So it's the same concept and it really works psychologically. So the way that we break up our groups and fuel the fires, we really have two different levels. We have those who are making under a million dollars and we still go in and partner the people who are about the same level. And then we have those who are more experienced and their businesses are at a more higher financial level. So they're making over a million dollars because they have different issues they're discussing, different challenges at that point. So that's kind of the just the simplified way that we break them up. But really the accountability, we call them accountability pods, mm-hmm. is the key. It's the right. key. You're going to push yourself farther. You're going to overcome limiting beliefs without even really thinking about it too much. And let me give some examples so people can see how this works. I have a number of members who've been in since the very beginning. So I've really been able to see their trajectory and it's a J curve. So those who've been in since the beginning, when they first started, some of them felt like, you know, they were newbies to business. Others felt like they had kind of hit their ceiling, their mental ceiling and they're capable in their business. And what happened is we help them set up their goal map, which is a really simple, simple process. And then they learned the habit of staying accountable, looking at what they said they were going to do, mm-hmm. repeatedly taking those action steps, and then showing up to their groups every single week. And what we have seen with all these members is that they're all of a sudden, they were kind of, they weren't flat, but they were going up really slightly. But now they've gone on this huge curve. I have a client who she is a triathlete. And so she has a triathlon coaching company. And so she throws triathlons as well as coaching. So these are her main revenue streams. When she came in, she was starting to do some triathlons and she was doing it all herself, even though she had some people that were helping her out. But when she came to me, she's like, okay, Midori, I really want to grow this. I don't want to have to do everything. I need a comprehensive team. I'm like, okay, let's set it up that way. So now she came to me. She was six months before the end of the year. So this was in June. She's like, Midori, I hit all of my goals. I got my huge sponsors. I have my team in place where I don't even have to tell them what to do anymore. We meet each week, but then they take it and run. So I can go and do the other things that I need to do. This is how you grow a business. I love so, it. Yeah. And so now she's doing other things. She's planning retreats and she's working with other women. And it's just awesome to see what she's doing. But this is not, she's not the only one. These other members are doing the same thing, but they're following the same process. Yeah, so she's just one example. Now that's a great example. So I also know, and I don't want to forget about this, but you love helping people identify their zone of genius as well. Can you talk a little bit about that? And then I want to get back to another question. Okay. Yeah. The zone of genius is really, really important for helping you 
kind of double down on what you're good at, right? So your zone of genius, just to define it, is what you are naturally really good at and that you love to do. It has to be both of them, right? So when you can play in that area, when you can play more in your zone of genius, you're going to enjoy what you're doing a lot more. It's far more easier to play there. And then also it doesn't suck up as much of your brain space. So think of all the times at the end of the day where you're like, I'm absolutely exhausted. Today was a tough day. Chances are you're not playing in your zone of genius as much that day, Mm -hmm. which happens, right? Mm -hmm. So what you want to be doing in your business is figuring out, okay, what is my zone of genius? What am I naturally really good at? And what do I love to do? For my example, I love to coach. I love to work with entrepreneurs and help them get to their next stage. I can do that all day and I'm not tired. I just flipping love it, right? (laughs) But what I stink at, the other part of the opposite of zone of genius is what are you weak at? What do you stink at, right? You need to know that too. And so what I stink at is details. I hate focusing in on the detail, like the nitty gritty of everything. But I'm so surprised to hear that. Well, maybe detail of details because you're talking about setting goals. And so those are the steps along the way. So I would think you'd love those as well, but no, huh? So that's higher level. That's like fun stuff. But when it comes to like numbers and writing out all the details, I can do it, but that's not what I love to do. Right. My assistants, my key people, those are my integrators. I'm a visionary. Those are the people who take my ideas and then they will carry it out. Right. So that's Ah. how I operate. So I can move faster. You talked about in the very beginning when you're introducing me, you know, I'm able to come up with a concept, but then take your business idea and help you move quicker. That's a huge component of it. So you have to understand your zone of genius as well as your weaknesses. So that's a really good question. So now I'm going to forget the other question I was going to ask because I love this question. So there's been a lot of conversation around visionaries and integrators lately. As a matter of fact, I think right here, I have a book that goes into Mm -hmm. it. So I'm sure when you're working with entrepreneurs, you notice right away that most entrepreneurs are visionaries by nature, right? We have these big, hairy, audacious goals that we come up with. And we're like, ah, I'll just start a company and do that. And then we realize that there's a lot more to it than that. There's always surprises, no matter what preparation you do. So do you work with leaders? Is that part of the conversation if they don't have a team? Because, you know, even at close to a million dollar level, there's people that may have a VA and that's it. So do you work with them to build a team and do you provide direction on the kind of team that they need? Yeah. So it's interesting that you bring it up. So my answer is yes. So I do have the solopreneurs, Mm -hmm. but then I also have the clients that are making $200 million. Yeah. And so it's all the same, even though $200 million for so many of us, it sounds like such a huge number often these bigger businesses happen to get there because maybe they have a tech idea or something that grows quickly. However, they don't have the right team in place. They don't have... So the book that you held up is called Rocket Fuel by Dean Wickman, right? Yes. So when we talk about visionaries, that's his terminology. Right. And so most entrepreneurs, just like you said, are visionaries, but we have to have our integrators and our implementers, right? So 
this conversation is coming up to my head right now because I just had this conversation with this large business. And he told me, he's like, Midori, my business has gotten to this level and it's been awesome, but I'm working 20 hours a day. I'm stressed out. This gentleman had numerous heart attacks. Oh, no. Okay. Let's back up. Yeah. You have your key people in place to help because he's absolutely the visionary. It's very clear. Do you have the people in place to help you run your business and carry out your vision and keep you focused? It's like, no, I can't keep those people. I'm like, okay, here's the bigger issue. Oh, so you need your people. Yeah. So we're able to diagnose. So there's that case scenario. However, we also have, you know, I have a client who's been with me since the beginning. I adore her. She is a solopreneur mm-hmm. and she makes these beautiful charcuterie boards. She's very artistic. And so that's her zone of genius. She's artistic. And so what we did with her, I'm tying in the zone of genius and, you know, all these other questions that yeah, you yeah, brought, yeah. brought up. Sure. So with her, she came to me, she's like, Midori, I, you know, I, I have these boards, but I feel like they're not very important. What do you mean they're not important? They're beautiful. And you can tell that you've poured your heart and soul into them. She's like, well, there's just a charcuterie for it. I'm like, wait a minute. I don't think that's true. Let's delve into why you created this. And let's talk about your story. Come to find out her company is Stacy Joe Designs. I'm giving her a plug because I love her so much. And her story is great. And she's growing. She's making impressive moves with her business. And so she created these beautiful boards. And so as we're talking about her story, she's like, you know, I'm from Wisconsin. And what I used to love is sitting around the table with my grandma and our family and laughing and them sharing stories. And we would sit for hours and my grandma would make us sit at the table and she'd have all these snacks for us. And now this is my way. These charcuterie boards are my way of bringing people back to the table. I'm like, there you go. Oh, I love that. There yeah. you go. We're going to infuse your story into what you're doing because these are important and these are a way to bring us back. And so now she's been in California for 14 years. So her boards, when you look at them, they speak California. We love our cheese here. We love these beautiful displays, just kind of who we are. And so that's what she's done. She's brought the Wisconsin girl matched with the California girl combined with these beautiful boards where the concept is let's sit around and enjoy talking. Let's not rush. Let's laugh and have fun. And that's what she's done. But she's done it through setting up her goals, being yeah. very focused and following her action plan. So that's what she's been able to do. This beginning of this week, she told me that she just got offered three opportunities in Nordstrom's to come in and do displays. Wow. Herself into read into these beautiful retail stores. Yeah. Just got into the Napa Valley Visitor Center, which is this beautiful, if you've ever been there, it's this beautiful place to go where they sell kind of these created products. And I love going, I go in there every time I go to Napa, I go into the store because they always have these unique places. So anyway, that's kind of, that's her story and what's been happening with her. And she's growing like crazy. And she started with one board. That's amazing. I love that story so much. So that brings me to a question about you. What do you think your personal mission is? And how has that kind of taken you from one business to another? Because usually if we dig deep, we find out that there's some kind of theme that's pulling us forward. Yeah. So 
my big driver and the thing that lights me up is helping other entrepreneurs. So regardless of what stage they're at, whether they're highly crazy successful, but they're struggling and they're not healthy, or whether it's the Stacey Joes of the world who are really just trying to make it and they need that support and that framework to help them be successful, that's what fires me up. And so that's really what I'm all about is what can I do to help these entrepreneurs? Because I understand the struggles. I came from there. Remember with the depression and trying to figure it out and being like, oh my gosh, I don't know what to do. And I don't know where to turn. At that point, I didn't have a lot of resources to go pay, you know, for all these amazing coaching services. At least I didn't think I did. Yeah. Found out later that that was a key tool to help me move so much quicker. But my point is, is I understand the pain and the struggles and the anxiety that goes into being an entrepreneur. And if I can help at least one person get through that so much quicker with less pain, then that's a win. I love that so much. Midori, tell people how they can find you and learn more about your to fire. Yeah, well, I, what I'd love to do is share what we call the Summit Goal Mapping Framework. It's a great way oh, for any entrepreneur awesome. to start. And so all they have to do is go to fueltofire.co forward slash goals. And that's where you'll get the training, the template. It's super easy. But that's where I invite everyone to go. That's what I use with Stacey Joe. That's what I'm using with my bigger clients. That's what I use with everyone because it's so darn simple yet impactful. I love that so much. And we will make sure that we have the links to those, well, to all your platforms, but specifically to that in our show notes. So before I let you go, I always ask people, because this is called the Prosper Project, and we talk about how success looks different to different people. We hear every day, you know, some people want to spend more time with their family or work 20 hours a week or whatever that case may be. So I want to ask you, what does it mean for you to prosper, Midori? What I would say is that for me, prospering is being able to do what I love. And seeing that grow and amplifying that. And so that's, you know, that's the whole means why I started Fuel the Fire. And when you can play there, you're far more likely to prosper financially and emotionally. So that's my answer. I love that so much. Anything else that you'd like to say? Sometimes I just throw out there, was there anything I didn't ask you that you'd like to share with the audience today? No, I think just keeping it simple. So many of us entrepreneurs, we get overwhelmed with all these things that we think we need to do. However, if we can just narrow that focus and get focused on our one big goal that we're shooting for. So when you look at the Summit Goal Mapping Framework, you'll see it there, how to do that. And you stay focused on there. You focus on your zone of genius. You optimize that. You're going to be okay. Great. You heard it here, guys. Midori Verity fueltofire.co. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thanks for having me, Lorraine. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of The Prosper Project. If you want to grow a peerless, profitable brand, please hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode. And if you find value in our show, please help us reach others by sharing an episode and leaving a review. In appreciation, please visit prosperforpurpose.com 
for more free resources to help you grow your business.